All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Everybody, welcome to a new week of Dropping the Gloves with John Scott and Tim Wurzberger, the official podcast of HockeyFights.com. I am on location in Tim's house, and Tim, it smells delicious in here. Thank you for inviting me, and I think that smells you, which is concerning to me, but I'm glad to be here. How are you? Thank you, John. I don't know what the smell is, but I'm glad you're here, too. I think it's just your soap, maybe. Did you shower? I did. You shower every day? Mm, yeah, most That's days. Good. That's nice. Anyways, there was a couple. Let's just jump right into it, Tim. I got nothing. I had a, like a blah weekend. We had a, you know, it was my kid's grandpa's birthday, which would make that my father-in-law's birthday. <laughs> um, that was fun. Had them over for dinner or lunch, whatever it was. I don't know. Not nothing. Nothing too chaotic happened. Put some trim up in the house. Looked nice. That's about it. What about you? Yeah, less than that. I did not a whole lot this weekend, but it was nice. I walked downtown for the first time basically in like six months because I, I can walk a little bit now. It was nice. What did it feel? How was it? It was, it was, yesterday wasn't too bad. Uh, it wasn't too crowded and the shops were all open and stuff. So that was kind of nice. Got an ice cream. Yeah, you did. Yeah, just sat in a little park bench and ate it. By yourself. <laughs> yeah. You're such a funny guy. Do you ever get comments like, what are you doing, man? Or someone like, hey, does random people talk to you? Um, yeah, but not yesterday. Interesting. Yeah. I get comments. All, I, I just remembered I went to Costco with all the kids. Sans Danielle. Is Sans with or without? Without. Without. Sans Danielle, my wife. So I went with the six girls. And the comments you get are just plain rude. Like what? People, they just feel entitled to come up and talk to you. One guy's like, is this your harem? Oh. And, I, and I don't know what a harem is. <laughs> don't look it up. I immediately thought of like prostitutes. Yeah. And I was like, no, my daughters, you know, and they're very young. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, man, like, take care, comb your hair. And then someone also come up. It's like, oh, you better get, you know, start the endowment. Yeah, those weddings are going to be expensive. I'm like, yep, you know, working on it. And then like, they better marry rich. I'm like, or they could just be happy. Either way, you, you know, like just jerk comments. And it's always old men just thinking they're being clever. And it's like, oh, six girls. Oh, boy, you you guys know uh, what else do you do for fun? Stuff like that. You know what I mean? I'm just like, you. Are just, it's just 
so presumptuous of them. Like, I even care what they think. And then they come up and just make these comments in front of my kids. My kids are like, why are they saying this? Like, my oldest daughter is almost 10. She's like, what's a harem? <laughs> why are they talking to us? What's going on? Like, they just... And it's sweet, I guess. Maybe it's different for someone to see a dad with six kids cruising around. I'm just like, my wife, people buy her stuff when she's with the kids. Like, doors open for her. Like, things happen for her. People are like, you're the sweetest. You're so brave. I just get the rudest comments. <laughs> like, what's the matter with you, man? You can't keep it in your pants. I'm like, okay. Like, my kids are right here. It's just, just incredible. That's it's awful. All the time I go out with all six of them. It's worse at Costco. For, for whatever reason, anytime I'm in a big like grocery store, people just like, everyone stares. Is it like at the point where you're kind of on edge, like you expect it or like, oh, what is someone going to say in front of the kids today? Well, I just expect the looks, the leers. And like, I don't look like the most friendly guy, I you know, and people just like, why? Who is this guy kidnapping these kids? What's I don't know. It's just funny. It's comical to this point. When we go to Home Depot, I just let them run wild. Like, I'm like, go. I'll meet you at checkout. And people <laughs> just like, they absolutely hate it. But I'm like, we're at Home Depot. Let's do this. You know, and it's just funny. The kids love, they, we kind of play a hide and seek game where they go in the windows and doors section and they just start opening up all the doors and the guy there who works there hates it. <laughs> I'm just like, well, there's like 50 doors here for the display and my kids just open them all up. <laughs> then we go to the toilet section and they sit on all the toilets and it's just, a, then they go hide behind the boxes like of nails and stuff and they're hiding back behind there. I'm like, where are you? And you can hear them giggling and the hammers are shaking. I'm like, hey, let's get out from there. <laughs> a little dangerous. But anyways, yeah, that just popped into my head. Rude people. But not, they're not trying to be rude. They're trying to be friendly, which is the funny part. Yeah. Google harem. No. I want to know what it means because if in the moment I would have known what it mean, it would have, it would have had a very different interaction. What if harem means like a really fun party? What is it, Tim? A separate part of a Muslim household reserved for wives, concubines, and female servants. Basically, prostitutes. In a roundabout way, that's where all the women stay. When I when I call for them, they come. I they come. It's very rude. Very rude. Is this your harem? No, it's my 10, or excuse me, my 9, 7, 5, 5, 3, and 1-year-olds. Yeah, that's my harem. That's how I roll. I'm a disgusting person. Like, give me a break. Whatever. All right. Darnell Nurse signed. <laughs> okay. The, the guy who I thought early on last season had the Norris wrapped up. He was having an incredible season. He had the most points, even strength. I don't know if he finished off with the most points, even strength for most defensemen, but he was having an incredible year. He kind of transitioned his game from a very locked down physical defender who fought, was tough, very responsible. He added the offensive part. It was very exciting to see. They paired him up with Tyson Berry. It was a very electric pairing. They both had a great, great season, and he got paid. He was making, I think, 6.5. So he wasn't making peanuts before, but break down the deal. Let us know the numbers. What did Darnell Nurse come away with? So, yeah, like this year in the contract he's been on, he's been making 5.6. So he has one more year at that. And then next year it kicks in with 9.25 for eight seasons. Comes out to like $73 million, whatever it is. Um, a lot of money. Good contract. Worth it. That's a lot of money. It, it seems, what is going on this offseason with the $9 million contracts for the defensemen? It, it, it seems like everybody and their brother is just trying to give out money to every defenseman who's going to be because he was going to be a UFA next year and Edmonton does not want to lose him gosh if they lose him 
they have absolutely nobody on defense. The way their defense kind of shapes up now, it's a, it's an okay defense. But when you look at the amount of money that they're going to spend, and we'll touch on that in a little bit, it's it's insane how ugly this deal looks. Not just this year, but next year. Not the deal for Nurse, but just the Edmonton decor as a whole. I don't mind Nurse's deal. You know, I I don't mind. I I think it's the going rate for a defenseman who he's a one A defenseman now. You can put him in any situation. He's on the power play. He's on the penalty kill. He can shut down the other team's top line. He gets up in the rush. Um, I feel like this is the going rate. It seems to be. You look at all the guys who make those type of dollars. They're all puck moving defensemen. They're very somewhat responsible in their own zone. You can rely on them. They're getting pretty consistent points, forty plus points every year. It's a good group of defensemen, and you can slot Darnell Nurse in that group. There, there is a few outliers when you get to the nine, eight point five million dollars, and it's like, wow, that's a bad contract. And at the time when those teams signed those guys to that contract, it might have been good, but man, contracts, if the player somewhat falls off a little bit, they turn ugly in a heartbeat, especially if you're paying a guy seven, eight, nine million dollars. Look at Jeff Skinner in Buffalo. Like when they signed with that deal, he was a 40 goal scorer. He was a proven sniper. He was going to be Jack Eichel's sidekick for years to come. It was going to be an incredible pairing. He goes to Buffalo, puts up one good year, and then it's just like, <laughs> done. That is the one of the worst contracts in all of hockey. I would say the worst contract in hockey is on the defensive side. Who's at the top of that list right now, Tim? Eric Carlson. How much does he make? Uh, 11.5. And that 11.5 salary contract, $11.5 million, that's not going away for a while. The San Jose Sharks signed Eric Carlson to $11.5 million contract. He's got that for another, I think, five, six, seven years. It's just, it's a bad look. So when you're ranking defensemen and you're trying to do comps as an agent, you're like, okay, so I have Darnell Nurse. It's, it makes it very difficult because Eric Carlson, do you comp him to the guy who is the Norris Trophy winner, the the consistent guy putting up 50 points, the guy who's leading the rush, the dynamic player, or the guy who's just a, you know, a, a turd who doesn't do anything anymore and who shows flashes of his former self for maybe five or six games during the year, but for the other 75, he's just an average defenseman. So let, read off the top 10 defensemen for salary, Tim. And this okay. is for next year when Darnell Nurse's deal kicks in. Yep. And a lot of other guys who signed this year whose deal kicks in, like the Jones, Wierenski, the McCars, the Duggies, those guys. So they're all in this new new group of multimillionaires. Yeah, number one, Eric Carlson, 11.5. Number two, Drew Doughty, 11 million. Zach Wierenski, 9.5. Seth Jones, 9.5. Darnell Nurse, 9.25. Roman Yossi, 9 and change. Kale McCarr, 9 million. Dougie Hamilton, 9 million. Uh, Alex Petrangelo, 8.8. Miro Heiskanen, 8.45. So that's a it's a solid list of defensemen. There's a good 10, 11 guys. Oliver ekman Larson is right below there. Other than Carlson, is there one name that's just like, why are you in this list? Are they all pretty productive, young defensemen? I think the average age up there is 27, I would say. Like, they're still relatively young. They're good puck-moving guys. Is there anyone that sticks out other than that top guy who's just glaringly doesn't belong here? It's like that game, which one doesn't belong here? It's Eric Carlson now. And I don't want to beat a dead horse because that horse has been beat with a rusty nail bat for a long time. I don't know. If you're going to pick two guys from that list to be your top two pairing, who are you going to take out of that 10 players? 
Uh, I'm taking Kale McCarr, and then, I mean, they're all they're all. You can't go wrong with any of them. I might take Petrangelo. Yeah, you you really. I I love Darnell Nurse. Yeah. I think he brings an aspect of his game, and this is why I love this Edmonton signing so much more. Out of those top ten guys, he is by far the most physical. You can say Drew Doughty is as maybe as physical when he wants to be, but he he's losing a step. Drew Doughty's gonna be thirty three years old. Like he he's not getting any younger. He again is a guy who's got a couple more years left on his contract, and it just it's the price you pay for business, I guess. When when Darnell Nurse's contract is up, he's gonna be thirty five. So it is what it is, but man, I'm taking Darnell Nurse, and I'm I, I think I'm gonna take Kel McCarr. He is so electric. He's so incredibly good. It's it's kind of cool to see how the league has progressed, and maybe this is just me looking back to when I played because the guys who were the top defensemen were the Dowdy, the Brent Burns, the Vlasics, the Shea Webers. Those it's it's done. Like those the the old guard is gone. The Eric Carlsons you can put in there as well. Even John Carlson. Like, where is he? Does he fit? Is he still an upper echelon defenseman? He is just below these guys. He's making $8 bucks. Is he, like, as good as Thomas, Thomas Shabbat? Who are you going to take out of those two guys? <laughs> I mean, I'll still take Carlson, I guess. For this season, you're going to yeah. take Carlson? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just kind of cool to see these young kids coming in and just taking over the league. Is it a good thing? I don't know. Does Zach Warinsky warrant a $9.5 million contract, or was that just a reactionary contract given that you just lost Seth Jones and you can't lose Warinsky? I don't know. He's only 24 years old. He's played well. The verdict is still out. That's a lot of money to pay for him. I don't know. It's very interesting. These defensemen are getting paid even though there's no market there. Darnell Nurse, that's a good contract. When you look at the other contracts on the Edmonton Oilers, maybe not so good. We touched on this before Darnell signed his extension. Looking into next year, I'm not I'm not talking about this year because we've already touched on that. You would think you would get away from some of these contracts, but no, you still have Duncan Keith. You still have Tyson Berry. You still have Oscar Oscar Clefbaum. You still have Cody CC. Cody CC, they gave 3.25. They gave him 3.25 for four years. It's insane that he got that deal. It's absolutely insane. He should be a 5.67 defenseman. He's getting paid like a 3-4 defenseman right now. It, it it blows my mind that he's making that much. All those guys next year, those five guys, you have five players, five defensemen, five. $5 footlongs, five players. They have combined to make almost $27 million. $27 million for those five. Other than Darnell Nurse, would any of those defensemen crack a top four on any other team? Barry, probably. Barry potentially just as the power play guy. He is very, very suspect in his own end. Every other player is a 5'6 player at any other team. And they have to fill out their whole decor with those five guys, and they got to add one more guy. It, it, It is insane how mismanaged this back end is for Edmonton. And I hate doing it because our our friends over at The Nation, the guys who edit our podcast and we're, we're buddies with them, Tyler and Dan and Jay, they're Edmonton Oilers guys. And they're this team sucks. Like this team is going to be so bad next year. When you have 27 million dollars tied up in five defensemen and you only have 40 million dollars tied up for your forwards and you like it, the salary cap trouble that they're going to be in is incredible. It's it's honestly incredible. They have 67 million dollars tied up and they still have to sign like 10 guys. 
The salary cap's not going to rise. It's still going to be $81, $82 million. They're going to have to sign 10 guys for $12 bucks. It's just insane how mismanaged this team is. You got McDavid making 12. Dreinsaitl's contract could be the best contract in the whole NHL. And you ruin it, and you sign this albatross of Zach Hyman. You got Nugent Hopkins, who's making five. Meh. Warren Fogle, <laughs> three. It's just, and Zach Cassian's making three. It's just, I just, I'm hitting myself in the head with the microphone. It's you, painful. <laughs> I want Edmonton to be good. They're not doing it. I do, too. Here's a question. Do you think Connor McDavid plays his entire career in Edmonton? No. I don't even think he finishes out that contract. They trade him his last year. He's got five years left at 12.5. He's gone. He's not. They will trade him his last year. I think they re-signed Dreinsidel. I think they'll give him maybe a bigger bigger number. They Connor's not going to want to stay. And Dreinsidel might leave too because it's just like, what have you done for me? What We haven't made it out of the first round. Have they made it out of the first round? No. They've done absolutely nothing in his career. He's 24 years old. He's been there for six years. He's way outproduced anybody's expectations of how Connor McDavid was going to end up in the NHL. He is head and shoulders above the next player. Like, he is so, so good. They've surrounded him with absolutely nobody. Absolutely. Oh, we're going to get Zach Hyman for you. It's going to be great. No, it's not. It's not going to be great. I'll tell you how the season's going to go. They're going to start off, oh, we're going to split up Dryan Seinel and Connor McDavid. We're going to, you know, separate some of the offense. We're going to make the lines a little more even. He's going to start the season with Zach Hyman and Nuge. And that'll be that, or Zach Cassian or somebody else. And then by midway through the season, they're going to be like, oh boy, like we, we really can't score many goals. Other than like McDavid, we're struggling. They're going to put those two together. They're going to be insane again. They're both going to get 120 plus points. Everybody else is going to stink. They're going to squeak into the playoffs and they're going to lose in the first round. Have we heard this before? Hello, McFly. Have we heard this before? It's happening again. They did nothing this offseason to rectify the situation of supplementing some offense for those top two guys. But they got Zach Hyman. He played well with Austin Matthews. You could throw Tim with Austin Matthews, and he would put up 10 points. I truly believe you could be a 10-point NHL, Tim, if you played with Austin Matthews. Yeah, I think I did. I believe How many it. goals? Zero. <laughs> 10 assists. You would give him the puck in the neutral zone, he would go in and get a goal. Okay. It's not hard. And I know Hyman's a good player, I'm bagging on him because he just signed a $5.5 million contract for seven or eight years. When you sign that big of a deal, you're in the spotlight, my man. There's a target on you. You better produce. You are sitting shotgun to the most exciting electric player ever to step foot on an ice sheet. Ever, ever, ever. He's more excited than Wayne Gretzky. He's more electric than Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky was slow and plodding and calculated and just very, like, precision. Connor McDavid is a grab-on, rocket ship to the moon. Let's go. We're going to make things happen. Zach Hyman's not that guy. I'm sorry. I'm excited to see how it goes. It's going to be an epic failure. Epic beyond proportion. Ken Holland's going to be sitting there like, what do I do? I got this guy for seven or eight years. I don't know how long. He can't skate with Connor. He's like not getting the puck where he wants it. Austin Matthews is not Connor McDavid. Austin Matthews is a little bit slower. He's a He's more of a stop and shoot type guy. He's going to find a spot and you're going to get him the puck and he's going to rip it home. McDavid is you better get it to me where I, where I want it, when I want it, or it's a, it's a waste. It, it, I hope you're wrong. I hope I'm wrong too. Yeah. I'm not usually wrong about things like this. 
I I defy you to come up with an argument why McDavid stays longer than those five years. He's already made a ton of money there. He's been shown time and time again they cannot surround him with talent. You look at every other team. He's probably looking at the Rangers, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Chicago Blackhawks. All these other teams are surrounding their players with start the Pittsburgh Penguins. How is it? That the Tampa Bay Lightning can go out and get all these players and surround Kucherov and Stamkos with talent. The Braden Points, the Killorns, the, all these guys who, who just are great supplemental players. How can they do that? All those teams you talked about built those teams through the draft. Absolutely. Like every one of them. Edmonton could have done the same thing. All these guys, they've drafted, like all their top guys they've drafted. The Pittsburgh goes out and they get uh, a Hornquist. They get a Kessel. They get a Neal. They get all these players to help out Malkin and Crosby. And they do. They get, um, who's the guy, the speedster, Hagland. They get these players who fit well within their system. Edmonton goes the complete wrong direction. It's insane how bad this, ugh, yuck, yuck. Makes me gross. Yuck, Tim. I don't like it. I don't like it. And I'm, and the D is even worse. I don't know. If, if I'm an Edmonton fan, which I am a little bit, I'm not a big Edmonton fan, I, I, I'm not going to the games. The only reason I'm going to the games is because I, I get to watch Connor McDavid fly up and on the ice and watch guys try to catch him. That's it. Dreinsidel just bully people in front of the net and like take people to the net and just be a man amongst boys. Other than that, yeah, I can watch the Nuge plot around and try to play on the perimeter. That's fun. I can watch Zach Hyman crash into the end boards and maybe poke a puck out in front of the net. And Connor McDavid, the first time that happens, it's going to be like, oh, everybody was wrong. He's going to be great. It's not going to work. I'm telling you right now, but they got Warren Fogle. That was a great trade. Ethan Bear was really holding them back. The Fogle, McLovin. It drives me nuts. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy that they're going to ice this team after the, the history that they've had. Your D, your starting D is Nurse, Keith, CC, Barry, Clefbaum. And Chris Russell. And Chris That's a That's a bad starting six. Barry and Russell are the same player. CC is barely a top six. Duncan's 38. He's going to try his hardest, but he's 38. Clefbaum, I don't even know if he's, he's healthy or hurt. And you let your best defenseman walk for the same amount of money signed in Seattle. That says a lot about your team. When your best defenseman, who you traded Taylor Hall for, the cornerstone of your franchise, you're like, this is the guy we're going to build around, Adam Larson. He doesn't want to stay. He's got a house there. He's probably made friends. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go to a new city I've never been before. I don't know what's there. I don't know what my team's going to look like. They haven't even done the expansion draft. I'm gone. I'm going to go there. I'm, I'm going to think that these 30 ragtag guys that they get through the expansion are going to be better than McDavid and Dreinsidel. Doesn't that say a little bit? It says a lot. It says a lot to me. It's just like, and then to, it just, he signs for less than Duncan Keith. Larson's better than Duncan Keith, and he signs for less than him. It's, it's, it's insane. Ugh, I got it. Let's, <laughs> I'm, I need some breakfast. Yeah. Let's call DoorDash. All right. Um, if you're hungry, if you if you eat when you're angry, like I tend to do, I stress eat. I go to DoorDash quite a bit. Every time I think of the Edmonton Oilers, I literally pick up my phone. I go DoorDash because it calms me down. I get some comfort food. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go to Rare Bird, get myself a burger, and it, everything's good. And so, if you're like me and you want to get some food and you're hungry, go to DoorDash. It helps us out. It helps them out. They're very kind. They support the show. Go to DoorDash, enter promo code GLOVESDD, get yourself some DoorDash. Your first order, you get 25% off and free delivery, which is almost the equivalent of a free meal. 
It's just a win-win-win. It helps us out. It helps you out. Just do it for me, please. Just help me get over this Edmonton Oilers debacle that we just talked about. So DoorDash, promo code GLOVESDD. Get yourself some food in your mouth. So another quick signing I want to touch on. Adam Pellick re-signed with the Islanders. Seven years for 5.75 per which I think is good value. Like, that's a great team-friendly deal because he's arguably the best defensive defenseman in the NHL. Watching him play and, just like, all the advanced stats are in his favor. Like, he's such a hard guy to play against. We started with the Bruins in the playoffs last year. My question for you, do you see the Islanders winning a cup within the next three to five years? Yes no, or no? No. No? Why not? I, I just feel like they ran into the wrong generation. Tampa Bay is too strong. You know what I mean? It, it's like when the Edmonton Oilers were rolling – the Calgary Flames were a good team. They were really they did sneak in a Stanley Cup that one year. I think it was uh I want to say 86 or somewhere around there 84, 86. The Tampa Bay Lightning is so incredibly good. And I feel like they are just getting started on their little dynasty that they're going to be on. And they New York Islanders are just they're pairing up with them. Tampa Bay is hitting their sweet spot. You know? They they're doing everything right. They have good players. They have a great coach. They have good management. They're just running into the Tampa Bay Lightning when every single guy in the Tampa Bay Lightning is in their prime. They know how to win, and they are just dominating the Eastern Conference. So <clears throat> we've seen it the last two years. They meet up in this in the fi- uh, finals of the Eastern Conference, and they just they can, they can't hang. You know, it, it, they they have a good team. If anything, the New York Islanders are getting worse. Their defense is getting a little bit older. They're not as mobile as they used to be. They not they lost Nick Letty, Andy Green. Like, he, is he going to play this year? I don't know. He's, He's under, under contract. contract. He's thirty eight years old. Jinx owe me a beer. But and then they have Johnny Boychuk, who still is somehow playing. He's not. He's not. He's, He's not on long term injury ter- injury reserve. Yeah. He's done. Yep. Okay, that that's a little bit easier. But they have good contracts on offense. You know why do I call it offense on the forward core? I don't. Know. Do you think they're going to win a Stanley Cup? No. No, no I don't. I don't, I don't know. I would be great if they did moving into the new arena, you know, get some momentum. They have a good team. It just, I just don't see it happening. Especially even if they make it, I, I don't see them beating a, a Vegas or a Colorado or whoever, whatever team you bring in from that side. I just, uh, I hope so. That would be cool. I, I, I hope they do. It would lo- I would love to see them beat Tampa in the conference finals, kind of get that horse off their back and then run into some juggernaut team. The- get that horse off their back? Monkey? Get- yeah. <laughs> My word. You need some food, too. You got to order DoorDash. DoorDash.com. But, no, uh, they're a good team. I don't think Tampa will be as good this year, but there is that mental thing. It's like we have just won the cup the last two years. We have your number. We knocked you out the last two years. It is that mental superiority thing. It's like we know we're better than you. Even though we lost a good chunk of our team, we know going into this season we will still beat you. We still have that core. We will bring in guys to kind of fill the ranks, but I just think Tampa has the edge on the Islanders. I don't think Tampa has the edge on other teams in that division. I don't think they have the edge on the Rangers. I think the Rangers will be tough this year. I think the Bruins are always tough. That Krejci loss is going to be a very big issue for them. I even think a team like Carolina is going to do, you know, a year older, a year more experienced. I think they're going to be a dangerous team. They lost Dougie Hamilton. We'll see how much that affects them. Their goaltending situation is Carolina is just... I don't understand what what he did there, Rod. Brin- Who's the GM there? Waddell, Brindamore. Yeah, it, it, no, he's the coach. I don't know the GM. It's, it's Waddell, I believe. I don't understand what you do there. You lose Mrazek, you lose Reimer, and you you bring in two guys 
who are worse than those two. I don't. They understand. brought Mrazek back. They lost that net net eleven. That's kid. right. He yeah. went to Detroit. Doesn't make sense to me. But anyways, I I don't think they'll win. I think there's better teams in the Eastern Conference. But again, they're going to compete. They're going to be a top four team when it's all said and done. I just don't think they have it. Maybe last year, if they have Anders Lee, he doesn't get hurt. That tips the scales to make it eat a little more even. But I just, man, Tampa is so good. So Until I was looking, someone can knock them off, sorry to cut you off, I just don't see it. And if there was a team to knock off Tampa Bay, I don't think it's the Islanders. I really don't. So I was looking through the list of, of UFAs, guys that still haven't signed. Most of them are pretty old, but I was wondering, like, which teams are – or if you're a team, would you take a run at any of these guys? Chara, 44 years old. Do you think no. He's, you think he's done? Done. Uh, Sezikis, 30 years old. Why hasn't he signed yet? Well, we all know the answer to that. It's because some guys got some big contracts, the Goudreau and the Coleman specifically. Coleman got big money in Calgary. Goudreau got big money with the Rangers, and he wants a piece of the pie. He is not as good as those two guys, but I think if you look at the comps, much like buying a house, it's like, okay, that guy signed for 3.6. That guy, what did Coleman get? 4.9. It's like, okay, well, I'm not as good as those two, but I'm close. I'm shooting for 2.75 or $3 million. I think that's a good comp for him. Teams aren't going to sign cases as he gets $2.753 million. You know, his world is $1.75, $1.5. That's a good spot because he's going to land on the fourth line. Not every team is going to invest heavily in their fourth line like Tampa Bay did. And it's just a matter of fact. So Sezikis, he's probably had offers. He's a good player. He's had a good run with the New York Islanders, but he wants to get paid. And if if I'm him, I'm like, yeah, like I am just as good as Barkley Goudreau. I want to get some mucho grande. I had to play with Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck. Those guys aren't exactly like feed me the puck in the slot where I want it. Those guys are bangers. They're going to go and bash someone's head in, and we're going to maybe muck one in every once in a while. And he still put up 14 points the last two years. And for a fourth liner with a condensed schedule in the bubble last year, that's pretty good. You know, that's not bad. They were a very effective team. Were, what were, weren't they called the identity line? They sure were. Oh, their identity is those guys. But I don't know. I think he signs. Uh, who else we got? Uh, Jason Demers. I think he's done. 33 years old. You know, we called him Daddy. That's his nickname, Daddy. Um, I played with him. Yeah, a hockey nickname. It's a very strange nickname. Um, I think he I think he resigns. I think he's a valuable guy you can plug in, and it's a number six. You know, he, he can jump into the power play if you need him. He's a good guy in the locker room. He's a great guy in the locker room. He seems like it. Like, he's he, you want him if you're on, a, on an airplane somewhere. He's just a good dude. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. Devin Dubnik, 35 years old, still unsigned. Done. done. He's done? Done. <sighs> There's so many teams that want a goalie, though. I don't see him signing anywhere. I'm just you're, This is my gut reaction. I feel like a team would rather go with a young guy than a Devin Dubnik. This might change. You know, He might be pulling a Phillip Rivers, where Rivers is like, I'm going to stay in shape. I'm going to keep the arm loose. If a team needs a quarterback down the stretch, I'll, I'll see if they want him. Maybe that's going to be Devin Dubnik. It's, it's a little bit harder for a goalie to stay in goaltender shape throughout the season. I don't know, but I don't see him signing anywhere. I just think he's been average the last five years. Don't you think? At best. Yeah. yeah. So why would you risk anything? Like, oh, he's going to find his former self. No, he's not. Like, no. He, he had a good career. He made the all-star game. He played well. He, you know, bounced around a little bit. He's made a lot of money. Good for him. James Neal, 33 years Neil old. Neal tie on somewhere. It's the Gal- Alex Gachenyuk syndrome. Someone's going to take a chance on a James Neal. Cheap contract. Maybe we can resurrect him. The guy's a sniper. We can put him in a good situation. He's going to score some goals. It's the Galchenyuk. That's um, not the Galchenyuk, though, because he's scored some big – he's had some big seasons. So is Galchenyuk. He had one big season like at 19 years old. Neal's had a good career. He has, but he hasn't had a good good season in, what, five to six, seven years? 
No, remember the first year for Vegas? He had a great year. Like that was 2018. Four years ago, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kyle Palmieri, 30 years old. He's going to sign. Where do you think he signs? I don't know. <laughs> he will sign somewhere, but it's interesting that these guys aren't signing. It's like they're meaning they're not getting they're not getting the money that they want. So they're just trying to figure out now what's the best setup. They got to maybe focus on maybe I go for a cup. I'm not going to get the big payday. Maybe I figure out where my wife wants to go. And those factors start to play in once you don't get that big, big offer, you know, on July 1. Zach Parisi, 37. Yeah. <sighs> I thought he was. I thought he was going to go to the island. I thought it was a foregone conclusion. I think he will. But he's thirty-seven. Like he, he, he could easily slot into Zizekas' spot, and you give him a little bit more of an offensive uptick if you have Zach Parise. That's the thing. You can sign him for seven fifty, the minimum, because he's still getting paid by Minnesota. So it's not like he's making league minimum. He's going to be making whatever that buyout is plus the contract. So he'll he'll sign on somewhere. Eric Stahl. I, he had a good season last year. Yeah. I liked him. So he'll sign on. I think he's waiting to see how everywhere, everything shakes up. He wants a cup. You know, he won the cup with Carolina. And had, did he win another one? No. And so he, he's going to want to push for a cup. Uh, he'll sign. That, that's a no-brainer. I don't know where he goes. <sighs> Tampa Bay. <laughs> Probably. Why not? If, if I'm a veteran, I, I don't know why more guys aren't doing this. Sign for the league minimum. Go to Tampa Bay. Enjoy the weather. You can wear shorts every day. The team loves just hanging out. Like it's a good group of guys, and go for the cup. You know, get a get a house on the beach. It just seems like it would be a no brainer. Tampa Bay has such an advantage when it comes to recruiting, and so do those teams in the south. You can just say, hey, like there's no state tax. You can live on the beach. We just won two Stanley Cups. The, everybody loves us. You can go hang out with Tom Brady. Like it's just a win win win. Last one, Jumbo Joe Thornton, forty two years old. This is tough. This I think he's done. He talked about playing over in Europe, maybe. Finish yeah. his career there. Well, he owns... I don't know if he's the sole owner or if he's a partial owner of the uh, Dynamo or whatever it is, the the team in the Swiss League. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's where he lives, so he's got a stake in that. So he's he plays there whenever there's a lockout, whenever there's a stoppage or whatever, he goes over there and plays. So, gosh, maybe he finishes off that season and signs at the end of the year with a contender. I, I could cool. see that. That would be excellent. He comes back and his beard's like tuck, touching his knees. <laughs> Because he's yeah, it would be it would be great if he did come back. But I, I to start the season. I don't see him signing on with a team. So before we wrap, um, for people who don't follow us on social media, you should be. You at, should be at dropping underscore gloves. But we've been teasing out this new show that we we're putting on for YouTube, John. So we last week we teased it out with just a header. I don't know why you're telling me. I I'm a part of that social network. Yes, and then no, I'm, I'm getting you involved in the conversation. And then we, we showed uh, a nice graphic of all the guys we're having on the show. John, what is Pound for Pound? What do people need to know about it? It's a cool little idea we've done, and it's been a pet project, I should say. Um, we interviewed a lot of current former fighters. I want to say a lot, four or five of them. And we dug into fights. It wasn't just like, uh, let's watch this fight. No, you punch them there, you punch them there, you punch them there. We really dug into how they prep for a fight, what they think about before a fight, how they feel after a fight what their mindset is, and just the whole encompassing thing of a fight. And it's really interesting. I, I enjoy doing this probably more than people are going to enjoy watching it because you got to talk to these guys who are or were, they are and were the toughest guys in the NHL. Like when I was coming up, it was George LaRock. That guy was untouchable. Then when I got to the league, it was Steve McIntyre. You don't want to fight Big Mac. He's just a killer. Now it's Ryan Reeves. Um, the most 
out there fighter Paul B. Sinat. You know, he always fought up. He, he never fought a guy his own size. He, was, he wasn't the biggest dude. So we get to sit down with these guys and pick their brains and be like, what was your strategy? What was your mentality going into it? Do you love fighting? Do you love getting punched in the face? Or wh- what is going on through your head when you get into a fight? And it's interesting to hear their comments. And we broke down a couple fights with each of them, a couple high-end, like high-profile fights for each guy. And it was just really interesting to hear what they had to say. And we had a really honest conversation, both like them and I, and it was really fun. So I think it's going to be a great show. I think you guys will really enjoy it. If you love fighting, if you love hockey, if, if you want to know what goes on during a fight, after a fight, before a fight, what spurs a fight, stuff like that. It's just really interesting. I know fighting is a dying thing in the NHL, but I love it. I absolutely love it. So I don't check it out. It's going to be great. This is just season one. Hopefully it goes well. If it gets a lot of success or support, I got other guys lined up for season two, and it's going to be even better, even more graphics and this and that. So that's pound for pound in a nutshell. Yeah, so we got Biz episode airing, episode one, this Friday, 13th, on Hockey Fight's YouTube channel. And then in subsequent weeks, we'll have LaRock, we'll have Reeves, and then McIntyre. So like Biz, LaRock, Reeves, everyone in the league knows them. High profile guys, they're big on social media. McIntyre's a little bit more, I guess, under the radar. Unless you're, you know, a diehard hockey fan, you know fighting, but he's arguably the toughest of the bunch, isn't he? He's a cult it's it's one of those cult movies that people know about. If they know movies, like that's a great movie. Yeah. If you know fighting, you know Steve McIntyre. Yeah. Like he he's the guy. He's the guy that John would have He's avoid. the Ogie Oglethorpe of the NHL. It's like Steve McIntyre's here, I heard. And then it's like you get nervous. I remember he stepped off the bus one time in San Jose and was like Holy cow, Steve McIntyre's here. And it completely changed my whole game. I was like, I'm not doing anything tonight. Yeah. I'm not even going to touch it. I'm going to fake an injury. He's just that tough. And he had, it was a great conversation. I would say his conversation was the most unexpected. There was a lot of things that he said. I was like, whoa, like, I'm glad I didn't fight you. <laughs> so that's Pound for Pound, episode one, this Friday on Hockey Fights YouTube channel. The stories you, the fights you know, the stories you don't. I love that line. Did you come up with that? I sure did. That's like, a good one. The fights you know, the stories you don't. Um, and then, yeah, before we leave, don't forget to check out Violent Gentleman's website for our Dropping the Gloves t-shirts. They're super comfortable, both black and white. And the contest for the super fan is still ongoing. Send us a video at contact. Contact at droppingthegloves.com for why you're the number one fan of the show. You will get points for creativity and humor. A lot of good uh, responses so far. Yeah, we've had some really fun entries. Very so. interesting. So keep it up. They're they're great to see. So uh, I, I'd love to see one that just blows us. None of them have blown me away so far. That's so fair to say. I'll, I'll say that. But they've all been very, very good. Anything else, Tim? No, we're uh, trying to line up an interview for this week. Hopefully, we get Dylan Cousins on. Oh, Dylan, good guy. He's been hunting, so he's been hard to get a hold of. These guys love hunting. Yeah, but I he he emailed me this morning. So oh, you guys are boys. Yeah, I love it. All right, everybody. Hey, Dilly. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate the support. We'll check you out this week. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.